This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is brought to you by Transpose, the smart, collaborative, and customizable way to manage information. I'll have more about Transpose during the podcast, but for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's me once again, Mike Vardy. I'm really happy to be here. And I wanted to share with you today an episode that's related more to finance than to productivity. We throw some minimalism in there as well. But I do believe there's a direct correlation between time and money. Uh, if we treat time as we treat money, um, it, it, you know, if we spend too much money, then you know, it, it, we end up not saving the money that we want for bigger things. And time kind of works the same way. So I find that there's a definite relationship between the two. And the fact that I'm able to bring a guest to you that lives in my hometown, that lives right here in Victoria, is phenomenal. So my guest this week is Kate Flanders, host of Blonde on a Budget. She's, you know, she runs that site. She's got a lot of great tools, and we talk about those during the show, as well as a, a project she's working on, which she shares at the tail end of the show as well. Um, if you are interested in hearing more than just this episode and, and more of this episode because again this episode is you're hearing a, an aspect of the interview you're hearing an abridged version then you can go to patreon.com slash productivityist and be part of the patreon community that is growing in leaps and bounds and I want you to listen to this and have your finances grow in leaps and bounds and maybe your your time currency grow in leaps and bounds so let's just get right to it here is my interview with Kate Flanders of Blonde on a Budget here on the Productivityist podcast enjoy I'd like to welcome Kate Flanders, fellow Victorian, <laughs> to the Productivityist Podcast. Kate, thanks for joining me this week. No, thank you so much for having me. So the way I came across you um, before you even lived in Victoria was there was, um, and we've, we had this story, we talked about this at the World Domination Summit this year. Um, we, uh, there's the, the, these uh, social media awards uh, in Victoria. And uh, there's this big ceremony, and I was there with Steve Dotto and Todd and a bunch of people. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And and so um, you weren't there. No. But you were nominated for an award. And you won an award, right? And I won it. Yeah, actually, I won it two years in a row. There you go. So I can't remember. I think this was two, this was the first year that you were there. Okay, you, yeah. Um, and so I, uh, Chris Burge, one of the organizers, came up to me. I think it was either Chris or Paul, one of them, and said, hey, uh, are you willing to go up and accept an award uh, for somebody? I'm like, sure. He goes, well, there's WestJet and there's Blonde on a Budget. I'm <laughs> like, um, well, I'm not blonde and I'm terrible with money. So let's go. And my brother-in-law works for WestJet. So let's go to WestJet. <laughs> so so that was my first interaction with like the name, like who you were. And I'm like, and then when we ran into each other, the World Domination, I'm like, oh my God, I almost didn't accept, I accepted an award on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> So who did accept the award that year for you? Do you know? I know. This is what's awful about that story is that I won two years in a row and I wasn't there either time. Well, I mean, you were living in Toronto at the time, right? Were you in Toronto? For one of them, I was in Toronto and one of them, I was in Vancouver. Um, so so Vancouver, you're, you're, you were getting closer every year, basically. Yeah, like Vancouver. This year, you could actually go and, and accept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could. Uh, but no, so the first year, um, my friend Dylan Benson accepted yeah. it for me. Mm-hmm. And then the second year, my friend Jan Hutchings accepted it. So, yeah, and, it was. Uh, and you have I, them. They they were mailed to you, or did you just wait till you moved here and then grab them? Um, Dylan 
got me mine pretty much right away. Oh, I'd actually, I'd come home, I think for, it was like for Christmas. And so he gave it to me a while later. Um, And then uh, my friend Jan got it to me pretty much right away. He actually was also living in Vancouver, but um, had time to come over. So, so you've got this mantle, you have a mantle in your, in your, in your, in your place now (laughs) where you can put these awards because they're not small. They're quite, they're they're pretty big. They're these big glass um, awards that are kind of shaped like BC. they're, They're pretty neat. Yeah. Let's talk about Blonde on a Budget. Let's talk about what you do. And I want to talk, the reason most people are like, well, why are you having somebody who does financial stuff on the show uh, when you're talking about productivity? Well, first off, you don't, you're not just about budgeting. I mean, you talk about minimalism on your blog as well. But also, um, time is money and money is time. Like there's the currency of, of, the, of our lives are basically time in a lot of ways, right? So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But I, I want to dive into like what... You know, I mean, there's not many people in my audience would know about you and your journey. So why don't you explain to everybody how you got to be blonde on a budget? Yeah. So um, trying to be mindful of the fact of who your audience is. In 2011, I, you know, just after kind of looking at or sorry, ignoring credit card statements for months and months and months. So in 2011, um, I realized that I was maxed out with just over $28,000 of debt. And I started my blog literally just for myself. It was, you know, sort of the way that people, if you're trying to um, lose weight, you would track what you're eating or Mm -hmm. tracking your calories or your workouts or productivity wise. Like if you were trying to track your hours, see when you're getting the most work done, uh, where you're wasting time. I started my blog to just track my spending and track how much money I was putting towards debt. So the first like six months of posts are literally I would write once a week and I would just write like Monday, $2.91 at Starbucks, Tuesday, $2.91 at Starbucks. <laughs> and, it, and it just continued. Um, and so it was, it was literally just for me. It was never meant when I started it. It was never meant for anyone else's eyes. Um, <clears throat> so that's sort of where it started in 2011. And now you're out of debt. Yeah, I paid off my debt in just under two years, which is um, pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was pretty aggressive. Um, it, it was definitely my number one priority. Uh, you know, I I didn't really focus on much else during that time. Um, but yeah, I was pretty aggressive. Paid it all off, and and have been debt free ever since. So that's been. Yeah, that's been pretty awesome. Let's talk about the fact that you didn't focus on much else during that time because that definitely relates to productivity as well because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll, they'll split their focus up and they'll try to accomplish a bunch of things at once. You had $3,000 in debt, right? Yep. And in two years, you paid that off. Yep. And you built up an emergency fund of how much? So well, that sort of came after. That came after. So yeah. that was probably I had, I had not, a little bit of savings. So you had a little bit of savings. Yeah. So the massive, like, how? What did you cast aside during that time that you can remember and things that you like when you look back now? You, you you're like, I'm glad I did, but at the time you're like, oh man, I totally want to do that <laughs> because a lot of people when they when they hear about the results that you had, I mean, that's massive mm-hmm. action leading to massive results with massive focus. What things did you kind of toss by the wayside that? You know, you were concerned that we'd either never come back to you again as opportunities or maybe haven't come back to you as opportunities and you're not really lamenting for them as you might have thought you would be. Yeah. So financially, there were 
a few things. I would say it's sort of funny. It's like, even though I got these massive results, a lot of it came from the smaller decisions. So, um, you know, I, I know people don't really, well, in the finance space, people get really annoyed with the term like the latte factor, mm-hmm. which is like, the you know, David, the David Bach thing, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, like you get rid of your $5 latte and you'll save a million dollars or something. Right. So people don't really like that. But, um, I actually chose to basically get rid of all of my discretionary spending except for coffee because takeout coffee sort of became um, my one allowance and also the one thing that I would do with friends that could cost money. So I stopped going out for drinks, going out for dinners. Um, I didn't, I think I, I don't know, might have gone to the movies once or twice. Like I, I didn't go to concerts. I didn't do basically anything, but I would let myself go for coffee with friends because that did only cost, you know, two to five dollars every time I went. Um, but I basically got rid of all of that. I didn't travel. I travel a ton now. Mm-hmm. I didn't travel at all. Um, even there was like this one trip that my friends went on. It was a 10 day trip to Nicaragua and they were just going to go surfing and just go bum around. And the whole trip might have cost me like a thousand bucks, maybe 1200 bucks, but I couldn't justify not putting that towards my debt. Um, so I said no to that. That one I do sort of, <laughs> not that I regret it, but you have moments where you're like, oh, that would have been such an been, awesome trip. Yep. And yep. it would have been so <laughs> cheap. Like when I look at how much money, like $1,200 is real money, but that would have been such a cheap trip. Like it would have been awesome. But, but you, ke- you kept your eyes on the prize though. That's yeah. the thing, right? And and so yeah. now you have the freedom to do a lot more. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some frameworks because I'm big on those. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about the mindful budgeting program that you mm-hmm. had because mm-hmm. I see mindful and that that's a watchword for me like instantly because I talk about mindful productivity. I talk about being yeah. thoughtful. and I mean, because again, it's, it's about checking off the right boxes and making sure you're moving forward in the right direction as opposed to just moving about madly in all directions. And money, you could, I mean, believe me, I like I said, I am not good with money. Um, <laughs> my wife is very good with money. So we make a great cool. team and I've gotten much better at it over the years. Uh, one example would be, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the company that I run, uh, I could, I could legitimately, uh, qualify a uh, purchase of an Apple watch because of what I do. I have yet to purchase one. And it's not because there's a couple reasons. Number one is I don't think it's going to add any value to my life at this point. Although the fitness factor is starting to kind of creep into me a little bit, but also, I mean, there is so much more I can do with that four to $500 um, now that would allow us to put ourselves in a better position so that when if I decide somewhere down the line that I want to buy that Apple Watch, I can afford it. You know, I and and I think the term affording is. is I want to get to that at some point as well. Is what what does afford it really mean? But talk a little bit about this framework that you built with a mindful budgeting program because that framework will ultimately create uh, levels of financial freedom that p- many people either don't have or or are looking for. Yeah, so it sort of came from the fact that I. I looked at a lot of different things. The biggest one is what what are the frequently asked questions I get either via comments, emails, Twitter, et cetera, from my blog. Um, and so much of it is, you know, I'm in this situation. How do I get out of it? And they'll, they'll sort of explain some of their financials, maybe a little bit about their lifestyle. Um, and the biggest thing I've, I've realized, and it's personal as well, is that most of the spending we do, we just do without thinking about it. Um, you know, you, you don't really think about like, okay, today's payday and I have this much and all of that. It, it's literally like, okay, well, this came up, I have to pay for it. Or I want that, so I'm going to buy it. 
Um, bill comes, you pay for it. Like it, it's everything. It's it's from the necessities to you know the wants that you don't really realize you're buying on an impulse. Mm-hmm. But so I don't think that most people question like on a daily basis the little you know uh, purchases and expenses that you're paying for. So what I realized is that <clears throat> one thing that people seem to have a really hard time with is tracking their spending. So that was sort of something I built into the program. But the biggest thing is is I that I kind of laid it out as was every week asking yourself this kind of set of three to five questions that will help you look back and reflect on your spending and then looking at your budget and making sure it's actually aligning with all of your goals. So any or your values like I you know, you always hear people say like, I wish I could travel more. But then if you look back at the three, like the past three to six months of your spending and, you know, you've allocated hundreds of dollars towards clothes or electronics or coffee or whatever, and you've put zero dollars in your travel account, that doesn't actually align with your goals. So like, what is your goal? So mindful budgeting, the questions I kind of outlined in it was just constantly making you reflect on that, look at your spending and see if what you're doing, what you're allocating your money towards is going to get you what you actually want versus all the little things you think you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what a lot of people tend to go for the small wins consistently without thinking about the big Systemly, wins. Consistently, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I think that goes, again, there's that nice parallel there. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. 
My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. We're going to take a break from the show to talk a little bit about this week's sponsor, Transpose. Uh, you can go to productivityist.com slash transpose to learn more about it. Sign up today because it is pretty awesome. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about one of the use cases that I've been using for Transpose using their newly named solutions. They were called templates before. They're now called solutions. And I want to talk a little bit about this this great little uh, inventory uh, form that I've got, this new solution for my library. Now, Kate and I, uh, we, we talk about books and stuff like that during this episode and how we have our own physical library. Well, with this form that was created in a, by Natasha Starn, so the cool thing about Transpose is all of these solutions are in a public library, no pun intended, and then you can grab all of these and uh, use them for your own if you want. So this is an easy catalog for my home library. I can see 60 people have used it. Uh, it's got two thumbs up. Make that a third thumbs up for me. Boom, right now. And it just tagged for all the books that I own. So the tag is any books that I own. So I lists, I can list you know, the book's title, the book's author, the series, what category it falls into, uh, whether I've read it or not with a slider. And I haven't read some of the books that are on the shelf, so it'd be nice to have that information. So I can do that right within Transpose. And what I really like about it is the fact that I can... I can and do this with my with my physical library. I can do it with home inventory. I can do some finance stuff here if I want. We're doing this with with uh, guest post uh, submissions on the blog. Transpose is allowing us to do a lot here at Productivityist and allowing me to do a lot with it at home. So I'm really really happy that I've got this one Swiss Army knife of tools that will allow me to you know kind of. Um, manage my physical book library. I could even use this to manage my Amazon book library if I really wanted to, or my Audible book library, uh, but I can also use it to manage purchases, so we can keep track of purchases that way, and of course I'm using this to plan my next, all the projects that are going on during during uh, November are, are being done here, and, and as I'm looking at my now year calendar for 2016, I can uh, make themes for every one of these inside of Transpose as well, so Transpose is really a fantastic tool, and what I want to do with you today is, is again, recommend highly that you check it out. You can go to productivityist.com slash transpose and get all the information that you need there. Of course, there's the basic free plan. Of course, there's a video overview right there that you can go into. And and that's really cool. So you can check out the video and, and learn more and more about how Transpose can work for you. You can also learn about the the pricing models because there are there are pricing models. Um, and of course, there's there's uh, 
the Prime, which I'm a member of, Unlimited Solution Storage Collaborators, and no ads. So you can get the annual membership, and you get that membership card sent to you, which I think is kind of cool. So again, go to productivityist.com slash transpose. Check it out. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what they're doing. And uh, again, available for a wide variety of platforms. Um, what, they, what they're building at Transpose is, is really quite phenomenal. So check out Transpose. It's the smart, collaborative, and customizable way to manage information. I'd like to thank Transpose for sponsoring this week's episode of the Productivities Podcast. And I encourage you to give it a try. Now let's get back to the show. I want to talk to you a bit about this, uh, the, the embracement of budgeting on a monthly, semi-monthly, and weekly basis too. Ooh, yeah. um, because this is something that I struggle with. We, my wife and I, we have regular meetings. We haven't, honestly, at this point, we, we've, we've gotten away from having them every week and we probably still should. Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, this time of year has been incredibly hectic. We're heading into the holiday season now, so it's been a bit more challenging. But uh, why do you budget monthly, semi-monthly, and weekly? What are the advantages of that? I know you've written a blog post about that. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. But I want to get a sense of like what propelled you down this this path. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I even thought or realized that I was doing it until someone asked me how often I budget, and I was like, I feel like I budget every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if I break it down, you, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to look at things monthly. Like, you, you know, if, if you have a regular income stream, I don't anymore. I know you don't either. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you have a regular income stream, it's really easy to look at it monthly. Um, cause you should know based on your salary, how much money is going to come in on average every month and where it all needs to go. So that's sort of the basic that everyone kind of follows. Something that helped me over time was then breaking it up. I do, I did semi-monthly when I was getting a regular paycheck because um, I got paid twice a month. So then I kind of looked at it like, what do I want to do with these two paychecks? So I made it so that one of them basically covered all of my living expenses. And then the other one was all my savings goals. Um, and then weekly... Yeah, I mean, the weekly thing for me was just more tracking my spending, adding it into my monthly budget and making sure I was still on track. So I wouldn't say that I really look on a weekly basis and say, you know, I have $71.50 I'm allowed for groceries or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, But I would take those numbers of what I did spend, throw it back into the monthly and make sure that I'm on track or if I'm going over and, and stuff like that. Let's talk about minimalism a bit. Yeah, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I came across when I was reading your stuff, and I found it fat. My wife and I've talked about this. Is the the shopping ban? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you wrap that up again? It was last year. It was this. It was I, it was it was last year, right? Uh, no, it was I, this year. It was actually, this year. I actually haven't. You haven't wrapped it up yet. No, because what I decided to do just after keep going. First year was do a second year, and the second year is a little different. So we okay, could, let's let's go let, let's go through that because I mean there are a lot of people. You've probably I mean there's people that have said you know I'm ba- banning plastic. A friend of mine says she's not going to use plastic for a year. Uh, other people have said yeah they're not going to buy anything. Now. I think it was a couple of roommates that said they were going to do that. I think they were based in in, in somewhere else in Canada. Yeah, as they're well. in Alberta. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I'll find that and put that in the show notes. Um, but why first off why <laughs> why did you go down this road because it you're already i mean you just went through basically a couple of years ago you just finally got out of debt right mm-hmm. and then you're like okay you know what now it's time to get rid of the stuff that i've accumulated which i already own 
<laughs> um, so the stuff that I spent money on <laughs> that put me in debt is now I'm just going to get rid of it. Like, was it? I mean, maybe a, a psychologically, it's like a reminder of the way you like, the, like what the burden was that that it placed you under. Like, why did you start this? And then let's talk about the process up until the end of the first year as to how that played out. Because, I mean, we we purchase consciously around our house to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but there's definitely, I think, some things that we could improve upon here. And I mean, you're on your own, right? It's just you, mm-hmm. just me. See, yeah. I got there's a family of four here, so it'd be a challenge for us to do this thing in particular yeah but i think modifying it may not be the worst thing in the world so maybe that's the other thing is you can say hey mike here try these little steps to see what you can do so let's start with with first off what like you had all this stuff (laughs) and then like you bought it and it was the thing that put you in debt probably some of it and now you got rid of it it. (laughs) so yeah um so it's sort of interesting how it all how i decided it if we went back to the financial part and the budgeting and all of that um, basically, like you said, like I had all of this debt, I paid it off in two years, the next year that followed. So the next 12 months, I was writing these monthly budgets where I would tell myself, you know, I want to save at least 20% of my income every month. And then I'd get to the end of every month. And I was sometimes only allocating like 10%, 8% towards savings, like it was nothing compared to when I was paying off debt. When I was paying off debt, there were months where I was putting up to 55% of my income towards debt repayment. Wow. So like, what the heck was I doing with all this money again? Um, And why couldn't I put it into savings? So uh, it came up and sort of was inspired by a conversation I had with my sister. My sister at the time was 20 uh, and living at home and going to UVic full time. Uh, so going to university here in Victoria. Um, and she was still working and making money. And she made some comment to me about how she was saving 20% of her income uh, so she could spend the rest. And I think probably because she's my sister and I love her and I just want the best for her. I had this automatic reaction where I was like, but you live at home. Like, do you actually need 80% of your income? Like, and I I sort of decided like it needed to be flipped for her. I'm like, I feel like you should be living on as little as possible and saving the rest. And then I was like, wait, why don't I give myself this same advice? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, we're we're told by the experts, you know, save 10% here and blah, blah, blah. And it, it's it's always like save X amount and then you can have the rest. And I realized I'm like, it should actually be like the opposite. Like, we should try and live off the least amount possible so we can save the most. So I don't know, like, how I had never thought of this before, but it was that little conversation with her that kind of flipped it for me. And... So the shopping ban was sort of two things. One is that um, I realized, you know, looking back at all of my budgets, how little I was saving, that I wanted to try and save more. Um, And I was also looking around my house, realizing how much stuff I already had. And none of it had, you know, A, helped me get towards any of my goals, which is where the mindful budgeting stuff came in later. Right. Um, And B, that it... Like, I didn't actually love most of it, use, like, most of it. It didn't bring me any kind of joy, if you want to use the um, Marie Con- like method. Like, it's just, it never, it, I didn't love it. So I had all this stuff. I'd wasted all this money on it in the past, and I didn't really need it. So I just decided, no more. <laughs> um, I'm going to try and save as much as I can and just live on as little as possible. Uh, the rules for the shopping ban mm-hmm. were... 
Um, I could basically buy nothing unless it needed to be replaced. So something like, you know, toothpaste, toiletries, um, stuff like that. Or if I had something and it was like irreparable. So at one point in the shopping or in the first year, like I ripped a pair of jeans so bad that, you know, when you rip denim, like you can't really fix it. No, patches are no, you can't do patches anymore. No, it's not the the 80s. You can't get away with that. And I actually (laughs) attempted it and it lasted for like four days. And then I was like, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) Like I'm just going to go buy a pair of jeans. Um, So yeah, I basically couldn't have anything. And then I also cut uh, takeout coffee, which was huge for me. That's a big one. You just said that that was a big thing for you. Yeah. And it was that and books, the two of those were the toughest to give up because I realized um, both of the reasons that I would buy it and spend money on all the time was all around habits. Yep. And I didn't realize it until I couldn't do it. So, you know, I realized like with coffee, I had habits of stuff like, you know, if I was going to go run errands, oh, well, I'll get a latte first. Yep. And so the minute I would go to run errands the first time or the first few times in the shopping ban and I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that thing that I think I used to always do. <laughs> well, in the books, would the books be, I'm going to buy another book because I like to read, oh, like you go to chapters. Boy, chapters yes. is like a dangerous place because it's got both of those vices in there for you. And Amazon. <laughs> and, like, doesn't have the coffee. But no, Am- no, no. Amazon and, and chapters too, you know, like their websites, the spend 25, get free shipping. Like I yep. cannot tell you how many times I would find one book. I'd be like, oh my God, I want to read that. I would click on it. I'd be like $7 away from the $25 thing. So I would just find some other random book, add it to the list, buy them both. How many of them? That- so you probably recognize, sorry to, sorry to, to yeah. but you, I mean, I'm thinking about this now as I look back at my bookshelf, there are books that I haven't read. Oh. I bet there are. <laughs> and there's probably books that you had going into this that you didn't read. And that maybe was one of the reasons why you decided not to buy books. Is that one of them? Yeah, that was exactly it. So because, you know, you sort of touched on it, like how I also got rid of a bunch of stuff. When I went through my book collection and realized, I think I had 45 to 50 books that I'd never read. Wow. And and so I was like, I do not need to spend more. Like, I do not need to buy more books. I haven't even touched these. And see, for me, I mean, I love my little library, and uh, it's funny, I, I I will occasionally purge books that I no longer am interested in. Most of them are not, like one of them was Lawrence uh, in Arabia, which is a, uh, um, which is like a, a book that we used for our book club. And I basically just put it on the, I started reading about 100 pages, and I'm like, this is not a book I'm enjoying reading. So I basically <laughs> put it in the, you know how they have those little free libraries on yeah. corners everywhere? So I put that in there. But I guess the other thing is, I mean, you probably can go to the library to get the books, and then you don't have to buy them, right? Yeah. The library, I did, I will say I struggled with that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, because as anyone who goes to the library knows, or at least someone who I will say, like, if you want the new books, the newest and the latest, it can be very difficult. Like, there there are books right now that I'm on the wait list for, the whole yep. list for, and I'm, like, number 34 on two copies. Yep. So I'm going to get that in, like, the summer of 2017 or something. <laughs> but with digital books, you can get them faster. Yes, yeah. So it's a matter of just, and I think with the Kobo, you can do that. But if you've got a yep. Kindle, that's a problem, I think. Yeah, I have a Kobo, so I'm yeah, good so, there. Yeah. Um, so you finished the year. You yeah. bought like only a few things. You mm. bought tires. You bought an iPhone. Why'd you yeah. buy the iPhone? Oh, because it died to the point that it just never came back on. Right. So uh, I had a... I had a 4S. Yeah, my wife has that. I think we're going to have to get her a new phone because her phone is basically at the point where it's not, yeah. 
Yeah, it would die. <laughs> like it would do this thing where I would just be out and then, uh, you know, I'd look at my phone when I got to wherever my destination was and, and it would just be off. I'd be like, oh, that's weird. And so I'd turn it back on. No big deal. But then, yeah, I was out one day uh, picking up a girlfriend from her new apartment. So I didn't know her buzzer number or anything. And I got there. My phone was dead. It never came on. Oops. And I just had to sit outside and wait for her to eventually come down and figure <laughs> out that I was waiting there. Oh, man. And so yeah. that was the day I got a new iPhone. <laughs> now, I look at the date of this post. So I'm going to put in the show notes. It's from July 6th of 2015. Mm-hmm. Weren't you heading down to WDS around that time? Yeah. Yeah. Were you there? Would you have been there at that time? It was just like a couple days before. Yeah, I think I left for WDS on July 9th. So you basically, like, just before leaving, um, and so, I mean, the interesting thing is when you're traveling, I mean, I rarely, I used to be the guy that would buy souvenirs. I don't do that anymore. I don't buy anything when I'm, because you travel so many places that you're like, okay, look, I'll take pictures. That's my souvenir. That's my memorabilia of it. Um, So then you decided, okay, I'm going to do another year. Now, what are the rules for this year? Because you're in the mid, you're about three, four months into it, I guess, at this point. Yeah. So year two, honestly, the only reason I decided to do it again is because number one, I still haven't read most of those 45 or 50 books. <laughs> so, so I don't, so, I don't so, need more books. Right. Yeah. So it's really the books that are driving you there. <laughs> it's just books. <laughs> but number two, when I was looking back and kind of reflecting on the first year, one of the things I realized I wish I had done was kept track of everything that I did purchase. Right. And And as silly as that sounds, but it is like the toothpaste, the deodorant, like stuff like that. Um, and I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I kind of want to put together this spreadsheet at the end of the second year and just show every little thing I bought, not food, because everyone, I mean, A, that would be insane to keep track of. You could probably do it if you had, if you wanted to. Yeah. You could oh, no, scan you... your receipts and itemize it like you could. It's just, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I also think that everyone eats a different amount of food. Yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But I want to show what sort of the average female consumer does need uh, to buy in a year. And like showing that I also live a very like big and happy and fulfilled life. For those who don't know, Victoria is not a cheap place to live. No, no. It's one of the more, I would say it's top five in Canada, if not top three. Definitely. Uh, um, You know, our cost of living is is quite high. So, I mean, rents here are, people are really surprised. I mean, again, it's location. We're on an island. We can walk to the, we could basically, we're a mile and a half from the ocean no matter where we are in this city. Do you know what I mean? No matter which direction we go in. Um, so it's not cheap. So that's something to keep in mind, too, is that a lot of people are like, well, like in the Midwest, they're going to maybe have a bit of an easier time with, you know, living expenses. Whereas, you know, we're in the, and I'm speaking to the United States folks, of yeah. course, that are listening because those are the majority of the people who listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if you're in the prairies uh, in Canada, like, you know, Saskatchewan and stuff, again, your cost of living is going to be lower as well. So you're living in a, in a, in a, in a city that, has comparable living expenses to those that are in the United States of the major cities like San Francisco and and, and even New York to a certain extent. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of priced in the same range. Yep. Oh, no. And I've been to both of those cities in the past couple of years. And, and have friends in both. And yeah, it's it's definitely not cheap to live here by any means. Even I have friends who are, yeah, in, in bigger cities in Canada. And I tell them, oh, you know, my rent, like in Vancouver, I'm like, you know, my rent's like 1200 bucks, And they're like, what? I only pay $800. i am like, oh. In Vancouver, Dang. which is yeah. which is which is because in Vancouver's cost of living is generally higher too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so you're gonna so you're gonna track all the stuff and say this is what the average woman needs 
to yeah. single woman, right? Single woman, right? Yeah, yeah so single woman. And single I woman in, in your age range. Like, so you're going to basically, and I mean, frankly, uh, this would apply probably to students as well, right? Like female oh. students. Absolutely. I would, I would, I would suggest that they're going to benefit from this a whole lot because they're living on an extreme budget. Plus their focus really should be on getting the most out of their education and the time that they're spending there, as opposed to the time that they're using, you know, shopping or, or distracting themselves from that ultimate goal. Because, you spend the time on that educational process or, or just, you know, spend that focus there, then the results will pay off in the long term. I also just think I, I hear so many stories of students who are, yeah, in university and they've they've spent part of their student loans on like shopping or travel and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's just, uh, anyways, that's sort of a financial topic. But yeah, like if you could just see how, if you could figure out exactly what you need in order to live, be happy um, and not feel like I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything right now. And I don't feel like I'm living without. Um, so I don't know if it, if it can model that for someone else. I, I'm happy to do the experiment for another year. I want to touch on one more thing before we wrap up. And that's wh- wh- why you focus on simplicity, but also the thing that you're doing with a group of other people, mm, uh, yeah. including my friend Leo Babata, um, you know, Courtney Carver's in there. Lots of people. Uh, called a, a simple year. So, do you want to touch on that so that people who are interested can can jump in and maybe uh, maybe join you on that journey? Yeah, yeah, that is something I'm so excited about. So, why I focus on simplicity is it's just interesting. I was just at the Canadian Personal Finance Conference um, in Toronto a few weeks ago, which is which is as dorky as it sounds, <laughs> but it's amazing. And someone actually said that they're like, you know, why do you focus on minimalism and and all this stuff now? And I was like, because like getting out of debt was great and it obviously changed my life and helped me shift some focuses, but simplifying has changed everything so much more. Like it's just taken things to a new level and made me really appreciate who I am, who I want to be, the things that I do own and keep and, and all of that. And it's just, it's just changed everything to, or it's taken it all to like a next level. And so the coolest thing, like you just said, is that it's it's also opened me up to kind of this new community of people who I've I've loved their blogs forever. Um, so I've you know been become friends with like Joshua Becker, Courtney Carver, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, and and it's been so incredible. And Courtney approached me, so they've they've been hosting a simple year, uh, which is a twelve month uh, guided course or guided through simplicity. Um, they've been hosting it for three years now. And Courtney said, do you want to come on this year and do money? And I was like, uh, yes, hello. Like, <laughs> a, a, because I love what they're doing. Like I've, I've looked at everything they did for the 2015 year. It's so awesome. Um, and so to come on and do money and, and be part of that is incredible. So, so the course, yeah, it's 12 months. So what, every month covers a new topic. Um, so, you know, Courtney covers like busyness and work. Um, and there's, uh, clutter and relationships and food and travel, um, and all cover money. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, there's lessons every week. There are webinars. Um, if the contributors want to add in more resources, so I'm actually including a copy of mindful budgeting, um, in my month and, and yeah, it's just going to be awesome. So right now, I don't know when this is going to go up, but right now until November 20th, it's 25% off. They got a bit of time left. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then it'll reopen in January at the full price. So there you go. Kate, it's been awesome having you on the show this week. I, I haven't talked to anybody about finance in a while. I don't think ever on the show, really. 
Um, and it was a pleasure to get to know you. We, we basically had a brief time to chat while we were at World Domination somewhere at Jeff Goins' Jeff Goins party. Mm-hmm. Um, I always call him Goins because of the Blue Jay player, Ryan Goins. Ah. That's Goins, but I I'm always say Goins. I'm sure he'll forgive you. I know. Well, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> uh, that Jeff, he's a vindictive guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, where can people find you uh, on the internet? I know they can find you obviously at, at, at blondeonabudget.ca, but where are you on Twitter if people want to connect with you there? Yeah, same thing. Um, blonde on a budget, so at blonde on a budget. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. I don't really do anything else, just those three. Just those three. Well, really, that's quite minimal of you. Well, hey, I, <laughs> I, I don't understand how people have time to do everything. No, um, no, no. I I definitely hear you. I mean, there's yeah. things like Google Plus and 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 uh, you know, I mean, I'm, fa- I'm on Facebook. I'll, okay, I'll... yes, I'm on. Sorry, I'm on Facebook. I just I don't do a lot there. I do have a lot of readers there, and there's great engagement, but I don't do enough there. Yeah, it's it's uh-huh. again, you have to pick your spots, right? You got to yeah. pick your spots. Twitter's, and... Twitter's my jam. People like to talk, and Twitter's fun. Yeah, so. absolutely. And yeah. I'm I'm spending a bit more time on Instagram myself. Um, I got to get a little bit better with that. So uh, thanks again for joining me this week, Kate, on the Productivities Podcast. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks again to Kate for joining me this week on the show. A great show. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I if anything, I need to work on finance still, and that's something I'm going to consider doing. In fact, I'm looking back at these books, and maybe I'll be doing a little bit of, pur- not purging of the books, but spending no more money on books this year and even next year and actually focus on reading some of these bad boys um, because I, I'm getting through them slowly but surely but not nearly as much as I would like. So uh, again, big thanks to Kate. Go to her website, blondeonabudget.ca and you'll be able to check out everything she's got going on there. And also, the, of course, the, the, the course you mentioned, all the stuff will be in the show notes. Big shout out to my wife, Anne, for doing the show notes now. Big shout out to John Polster, the podcast producer. And of course, a shout out to our sponsor this week, Transpose. Thanks so much for supporting the show, Transpose. Uh, give Transpose a try. Go to productivityist.com slash Transpose. Check it out. You may be able to take some of those financial things that we talked about and start to you know create lists and financial forms inside of Transpose. So that way you can really keep tabs and collaborate with your partner or, or, or business partner or, or your, your life partner or whatever on you know making the, that money stretch out a little bit longer. Uh, until next week, uh, you know, hopefully I'll see you in the Patreon community. If you're ready to do that, head to patreon.com slash productivity and get those bonus episodes. But if not, that's cool. I'd love a rating and review if you're willing. But if not, I'd just love for you to come back. So I will see hopefully all of you. In fact, I, I'm sure I will see all of you and a few more next week. Until then, stop guessing and start going.